You're listening to the City World Radio Network. High-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com The name of the show is Better Days, A Positive Approach to Life. Tonight, I have Oscar Seville, who is joining me. She is in the studio, and we are going to be talking about many aspects of her life. One that comes to the foreground is energy work. And good evening, Oscar. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you. So... We, uh, this is a call-in show, so 212-631-7553, 212-631-7553. So, you know, I realized that it probably would be a good place to start as to how you got into uh, doing energy work, uh, the connection between body, mind, work. Oh, cool. Um, well, I had, um, I guess it's about maybe seven years ago, I had uh, like a major life event happen to in my life. I had a, I had a miscarriage that really threw me like off the deep end. And then, um, I had a problem within my marriage that really then just knocked, knocked me down. And, and I grew up in a pretty, uh, violent, abusive household. So, you know, I was something had, could it had to take a lot to knock me out because I was tough, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and this just knocked. This was did not see it coming, um, and it was the, exactly what I needed to kind of just let go and let whatever life was going to bring me. And in that moment, that life just got me. Um, I had this kind of opening, this as people call it an awakening, mm-hmm. where I got like, oh, 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 this life is so awesome. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, you're, I, and I just literally, this voice, like it was my voice and yet it wasn't, isn't that, that voice you hear in your head all the time. Mm-hmm. It was a, 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 like a voice of wisdom, but it sounded like me, but not exactly me. 
And I said, ooh, oh, this is so exciting. Like, I created this. Like, wow, I don't know what that means, but I know what it means. And I don't actually, well, I'm going to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I basically, I just went on this journey and I just started eating books, just finding all these books of what what is this and what does this all mean? Um, I also had had um, a near-death experience like, maybe 15 years before that. I mm. was in a car accident mm. um, when I was 19. And I had this near-death experience. And tw- two years later, after, um, I realized I was psychic. <laughs> sort of, It was quite strange and odd and bizarre that I could look at somebody and suddenly see all these pictures around them and hear things and walk through their houses when they were children and you know it was it was like a party trick i'd say oh so i'm walking down the hall and there's a fish tank on the right and then your dad's room is on the left and he's got this chair and it's his favorite chair and they're like how do you know that i'm like i don't know is that right and they're like yeah like wow this is so exciting so i practiced for a long time but the more you're in people's houses Mm -hmm. the more you start to hear what really happens in people's houses (laughs) you mean behind the scenes behind the scenes not Mm -hmm. just the fish tank and not just the parties but like the fighting and the anger and the sadness and the abuse and the non-talking and, you know, and that I suddenly went like, I don't like this party trick anymore. <laughs> like, I'm done. But in that awakening, it all began to sort of come back to me or it began to make more sense of how I could possibly use it. Because what was really upsetting is this is great. I can see people's lives. Fascinating. And, you know, then and exhausting every- and probably weighty on yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it became when I couldn't help them. Oh, how, I, you could uh, see, you, but couldn't yeah, how, how address. Could I, yeah, how can I get rid of watching your mother throw you down the stairs? Like, mm. how can I stop that moment? Like, I wanted everything to go away. Every negative thing. Every, yeah, every negative <laughs> thing to go away. Um, and then, so I ended up taking this course, and it's called Energy Work. And it was just using my hands not touching anybody but sort of going around their what's called an energy Energy. field so the aura of their body kind of a little bit like reiki yeah okay because it's yeah it's near it's feeling the force but not actually hands on yeah so this one was sort of i learned all about the chakras Mm -hmm. and i just go in there and i was basically like a a cleaner (laughs) i just go like well that's a little dirty in there let's get that rid of that (laughs) um and the first time i worked on somebody they were like, oh, my God, I just had this um, kidney stones removed. I have so much pain. I have no more pain. I'm like, really? No pain? I thought it was like, fascinating. Oh, my God, I love this stuff. And <laughs> like you, you're doing real magic tricks. Yeah, it was fascinating. And people, I mean, this woman who was like my case study, she had, um, I forgot the name of it now. It's a pretty long name. Where every two weeks before she'd get her period, she'd have this such intense pain that, um, I mean, they basically were giving her almost like morphine because mm. it was so intense. And she'd had that for 12 years. And, you know, they just went, listen, nothing we can do. Sorry, nothing. You know, it's mm. just the way it is. So she was delighted. She said, I'll try anything. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I worked on her for like four weeks in a row. And at the two-week mark, I said, now, wait a second. You'd start to have your p- pain now. Do you have it? She goes, I don't have it. And I'm like, uh, oh. Okay, well, let's see how you are next week. And next week, she didn't have it. And it completely went away. Right? I was fascinated. Like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. I can't <laughs> believe it. Right? But not only did that go away, what was really interesting what happened is, this is something she didn't tell me, is that she was terrified to be under the water, even in her shower. 
Mm. She couldn't put her face under the water. How old was she? She was 24. Okay. So she had had it since she was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, she, her sister told me that they had gone to Morocco, and she looks over, and her sister is, like, in the ocean. And mm. she's like, what are you doing? She's <laughs> like, I don't know, but it feels really good. <laughs> right? And she, had, she was a, um, a chocolate addict. Like, not just she liked chocolate, mm-hmm. but a chocolate addict. And she, after working with me, she literally had no desire for chocolate. Suddenly mm. eating better, and I was like, "This is fascinating." So that was really exciting. But what was happening? What did you make of it? I mean, that the energy that you were having conversations with her, or you were doing uh, this energy work with her. Yeah, all I was doing literally was going into what are called the chakras, or mm-hmm. these seven energy centers, right. and I was just literally going like I was sensing like, oh. Oh, we got it. Oh, that one's all messed up in there. <laughs> like, look, let me like a cleaner. Literally, I was like, oh, we're just going to clean it out. But when I haven't done energy work, yeah. so I'm just wondering, what does it feel? I mean, you can feel someone's energy when you're near them. Yeah. So I'm wondering what the experience is like for you. Yeah. I mean, is it a sensation uh, that you feel in your hands? Is it something you feel through your entire body? Can you describe your experience? Because we don't know necessarily your client's experience. Yeah. So I, I think when I would, when I, I mean, when I first, I would just feel around their energy. I mean, I, it, it's almost like it would become hot or it'd be, it, or it'd get so you, fuzzy and it, or feel heavy to me. Um, so I would know like it was really heavy and gooky. I feel almost like I'm putting my hands into mud and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that stuff is old. <laughs> we really need to get the Hoover out in here, buddy. Like, this is some old stuff. Um, so you were actually experiencing in a, uh, textural way almost yeah. what was happening internally. For yeah. Them. I mean, having come from a dance therapy background, the, what you notice is if if you put on sort of the movement of the person that you're working with, yeah. you begin to experience the feelings. And I wondered if that was sort of happening. For it sounds yeah, like it well, was happening. Well, I was, I was feel, I would in a lot of ways, yes, be feeling their feelings, taking, taking, yeah, it really, on. like, uh-huh. like whoa, 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 there's a lot in here. Right. Um, and then I would probably, se- I would sense a lot more going on. I mean, I would mm-hmm. see stories come out. Mm-hmm. Um, one woman, when I first began, like, I was like, okay, that's really weird. I just pulled a baby out of her. Okay, that's really weird. Um, and then I, you know, just because I was so new to it, I, was, I probably only was my second class. Oh. I said, okay, this is really, like, sorry. Because the teacher was very like, don't talk. No, there's no talking. And I was like, I'm kind of a talker. <laughs> so I was like, um, let me do, can, uh, sorry, um, how in, in I was doing this and I was living in Ireland at the time, which okay. is definitely do not talk about anything. So I was like, um, I don't okay. know how to ask you this, but I was just curious, like, have you ever lost a baby? And she was like, no, I've never even been pregnant. She goes, but I'm a twin. And Ooh. the twin died at birth. It gave me the chills when you said that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God, you have been carrying your twin with mm. you. And she... It was unbelievable, her transformation. Like, all of us saw it in class, like, holy. She went from, hello, my name is Mary, to, hi, my name is Mary. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, was, I mean, not within that day, but as sure. the weeks went by, we were like, whoa, that's, I mean, it was. It was a heavy burden to be carrying. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, but 
maybe two years later, what I began to realize, it was all very exciting. And And new. And new, and people were getting better. But what I really felt was like, wait a second, I'm the power, they're not. They have to come to me. Mm -hmm. They have to, I have to whoosh my hands around them. And they walk away disempowered because I'm I'm the so-called power. I'm the person huh. clearing them. I'm the one, quote-unquote, healing them, when I'm not, really. You're accessing their own resources. Yeah. But what I really want to do, and I've always wanted to do in my life, and why it was so frustrating with, with seeing people not being able to help them is, mm-hmm. is really to empower people. So at one point, um, I actually had as Epstein bar, mm. and it suddenly got so bad that I just couldn't get off the couch. Sure. And I had That's two. Really, oh. No, it was just it was so debilitating. And I have two little kids, and I just desperately wanted to take care of them. And I was so angry. But it was this. I I always feel that life kind of puts you in the place that not necessarily you want to go because it's a little terrifying, right. <laughs> but that you really need to go in order to grow. Um, so it was kind of giving me that space and that enough anger to want to get off the couch. And as I started to pick up one of my books, it said, oh, we have these beliefs. As a beliefs, is this what's causing all this? Fascinating. Oh, that's good to know. And can we change it? And so it's like, yeah, of course, they're just a belief. So what I began to do is completely change the way I do energy work. It's just so basically we have these beliefs and we come into life and there, I mean, people will fight to the death that they're truths. Like women are bad at math. Right. That's a truth. People would tell you and it would, they could prove it to you. They could get <laughs> statistics on it. Right. And you're like, ah, oh, you could prove anything. Right. And what I love so much about science so many times, we're like, it's science and it's true. And I'm like, that's fascinating. And then they'll go, Five years later, they go, actually, we were totally wrong. <laughs> I'm like, but it was science, and you said it was absolutely true, and it can never be changed, right? <laughs> um, and that's the kind of work I do. So what I do now is I'm able to go in the same way that I could see people's childhoods and so-and-so and access what the beliefs are that are causing mm-hmm. their physical illness, their mental illness, their emotional illness, their dis-ease within them. Because Mm -hmm. these beliefs, believing, if I'm a woman, and I've been told repeatedly, and it's true, clearly, um, that I'm not good at math. And the, and women will tell you that. Oh, women are just like that. They're, you know, right. Women are not good at math and science. And women are not strong. Yeah, we're not strong. We're total weaklings. And we cry all the time. And men are not sensitive. And men are so not sensitive, right? And they don't like quiche. <laughs> right. I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, right. It's so, it's so funny how, how these things just get taken for granted. Yeah. But, and, but people truly believe and they believe it that it's, it's truth. That's right. Right? If you say it loud enough, it's true. Yeah. You don't think that they believe it? I, I think that they, I think that they're just, they go with the flow. They, they, they don't want to be out of the norm, so they believe, you know, bullshit. So. Yeah. But some of them really, I mean, some don't want to be, but they, if they ask their heart, if they really said, is this really true, they go, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> maybe it's not. Questioning is not always... Yeah, people don't question. uh, Right. They just... If if it's handed out and it sounds convincing, they might just buy it whole. For instance, if I'm a woman, and I've been told this repeatedly, and maybe I had a dad that was an accountant, which is really good, right? And now I've gone off and I've gone in, I'm doing my business, and and suddenly, uh uh-oh, 
I am going to have a sudden block in my business that's not going to do well. And it's going to be all about math, mm-hmm. all about my accounts or something. And suddenly my business is not going to do well. But I'm not going to realize that what's blocking me is this belief about math because math is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, math is the world, right? right? If you don't know math and you're bad at it, you're pretty much bad at everything. Like you, you can't even like screw in a light bulb because maybe it's the wrong, you know, the <laughs> slate wrong thing. Right. So I'm going to start having a lot of problems in my business, which I'm not going to be aware of. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll, I'll probably blame it on the economy. I'll blame it on this. I'll blame it on that because there's some reason, and it has nothing to do with me, right? Right. And maybe this crazy, stupid belief that I, I bought <laughs> that you can't do math. Yeah. But so what I do is I would go into someone's system and be like, "Oh, listen, this is your problem. You got a math problem." <laughs> <laughs> and I would literally go in and so. Every belief is a thought, is just a piece of energy. Mm-hmm. Just like every thought, right? Like Einstein said, the thoughts are energy. Everything's energy. They never end. I mean, they just keep going. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is go into someone's energy and just transform it. Just like Einstein said, you can transform anything. So all I do you is I just, it. I tweak it. Just like, oh, you don't need that one anymore. <laughs> and just transform it. And literally they're like, that's crazy. My, I just did like, 2,000 more this week. How did that happen? I'm like, because you don't have that crazy math belief anymore, right? And they'll actually be able to sit down and be like, oh, oh, I don't know why, but suddenly I can do this now. It's so much easier for me. That's so weird. How did that happen? But all it is is like we come into the world and we're these incredible, magnificent beings, like every single one of us, and like a whole bunch of beliefs get dumped on us, right? Our parents go... You don't even know who you are. So let me tell you, you're this, 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 <laughs> and you're never going to make it. So listen, find yourself. Too bad you were black Sorry. sheep. Right. That's the way it's going to be. And everyone's like, yeah, that's it, right? So you and I do similar by having people jump over the obstacles of the past. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and the only thing that maybe I do in my work, or I'm not... How how I work it in my work is if somebody comes in and they begin to tell me their story, I say, I, I don't want you to not tell me your story because your story is really important. But what I'd like to do is find the moral in your story <laughs> <laughs> because there's a, an incredible gift that's waiting for you, right? Like, for instance, my life and my abuse and childhood was, to me, not at the time, clearly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is so I can't wait for more. Right. <laughs> was turned out to be a magnificent gift um, that made me a very kind and patient mother. Um, it made me really embrace my children, treat them with love and respect because it was everything that I did not get. And I was so angry at my mother. I was like, I'll never be like you. <laughs> I'll be the total opposite. So that anger fueled me for good until I had to then transform it because the anger would have eaten me alive. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So I learned to see like, oh, she helped me, right? I imagine that there was also, I mean, we don't have to go into it, but I imagine that there was also somebody who was the role model that you were looking for, that somebody was able to offer you the kind of kindness and guidance and support that countered some of the stuff from your mother because 
we need to find it somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's hard to give if you haven't gotten. Definitely. I mean, well, first, my mother created the longing in me. Sure. That, that was yeah, a deep, longing, a right. deep, deep longing. Because, because I also loved her desperately. Well, of right? course. But that's all you knew what right. love was. But I also felt there's, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, right. It's just I, not feeling good for me. No. Um, and when I was 10 years old, um, friends of mine were, made me fight somebody. Mm. Um, and having that fight with this girl, fist fight, mm. did not feel good. Like It was actually a really beautiful moment because having that moment showing me that I could be just like her and use my my fists or my strength on somebody you could be like your mother yeah it's just horrible because that's what so many people do they go i was bullied i'm gonna get you now um so that was a turning point and then when i met uh, molly who you know right (laughs) um she was at 19 was wow there's such a different there's a different i knew there was a different way i knew that kindness is possibility out there right um and then just kept seeking that um, and by the time I got to my kids, so I, I feel like, and that's what I, I actually work with, with people like I can, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say, where's the gift? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't worry, we're going to get there. Right? <laughs> and I mean, I've had this client once she was so funny. She goes, if you're going to tell me I'm going to be best friends with my brother-in-law, then you're crazy. And I was like, well, I'm a little bit crazy. So you probably are going to be. So. And of course, it turns out five months later, she's like, okay, okay, this is really weird now. He's like, my best friend calls me all the time. Because what I help to people to do is to see that every situation is actually gifting you in some way. Hmm. Um, that it's showing you on a deeper level, maybe something you feel about your own self that's hard for you to see about your own self. These beliefs that we're holding on that translate into these feelings for us so the person who's pushing your button is really gifting you with something that could transform your life in the most unbelievable most beautiful way if you were able to see it like that if you were just for a moment to change your perspective of why your button's being pushed and see what they might be showing you right like if somebody's talking too loud and you're so annoyed so what they're talking all the time what it might be pushing for you is to recognize like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable with my own voice. Mm. Oh, I, yes, that's how I feel. Oh, that's what I was told. And you start to realize that you were told that a thousand times. It's just, can't they shut up? Shut up those kids. They're so loud. No. Be a good <laughs> child and be quiet. Never move. Never do anything. You're like, <laughs> okay. And then you start to talk and those crazy beliefs come up. And right. so every time you open your mouth, it's so, it's back there. You mm-hmm. can't hear it consciously. But you hear it all the time. You're like, and you walk away from conversations going, I was talking too much. Oh, God, why can't I just shut up? I don't know why I can't shut up. I'm like, I just, oh, why did I say that? I'm always saying the wrong things. So you're taking all the old voices and bring it into your own head and become very self-critical. Yeah, very self-critical, right? So what so- we end up doing to protect ourselves is going, I'm not self-critical. I absolutely love myself. It's my husband who is an asshole. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> that right? um, it's my mother. It's my father. It's my neighbor. It's the guy. It's the government. It's everybody. And what I end up helping them to see is like, you know, it's really us at the end of the day, not any fault. It's just when you begin to change the voice inside, your experience on the outside begins to change. (laughs) Yeah. 
So when you change your feelings on the inside, the outside experiences change. Right? So my husband has this belief that, and he 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 will he holds on to it tightly. He will not let it go because he doesn't want it because go. it works for him. It's, yep, and he, every time he gets it, he he says to me, "I can't get a taxi cab because I don't wear a suit." <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> right? He's a white, tall man. Of Irish, and he's from Ireland, and he does. He looks he, very uh, non-threatening. Non-threatening can never get a cab. He he says that to himself. Yeah, and, and so he, he goes, and he you goes, have to get a cab. and he looks, and somebody else will get the cab who's wearing a suit. A guy with a suit gets the cab, <laughs> and he goes. You see, it keeps happening. <laughs> but do you get cabs? I have a crazy belief that I realized the other day. I'm like, ever since I've had kids, when I'm in, when I'm not when I'm by myself, I get taxis, and when I'm with my kids, no taxis <laughs> last for me. And I said, "Oh my god, it's totally true." I have a belief that a taxi will not stop for me because oh, I'm not going to give them anything. I'm I'm taken. I'm I'm already done. I got kids, right? If I had the belief that people want to help me because I have children, I would get forty taxis would all be like piling up wanting to help me. Well Yeah. So I guess you're gonna have to put that into theory, into action. What? But yeah, exactly. I only re- realized it the other day. Somebody right. said it to me, I go, oh, Okay, now oh, you have to totally now you have it. to do this. I as have a, to change it. But a research project. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is really interesting. This is and this is how it works. Because we do make things happen. We do make things happen. Yes. We, but we're we're so unconscious of it. So it's not like a fault. No, uh, it's just it it's something that you have imprinted. <laughs> you know, I know he's are you making like, faces? That it's you've crazy. Been, <laughs> I that you've something that yeah. we've imprinted on yeah. our head or our mind or um, our system, our internal system, totally. and then we do things to make it happen. Totally, I mean, we call it the self fulfilling prophecy. Right. My husband's father, he has a stroke now, um, but the man is dressed. To the nines at all times. He is so dapper. Well, he always wants right. to catch a cab. Oh, but this <laughs> because so he always wants. My to husband's see. been told. And now this is a man who like didn't even work, but he he was dressed at all times, right? Okay. So he constantly was telling his son, "If you don't dress like this, you're a nothing. If you don't dress like <laughs> this, and he doesn't dress like this, so he has this total complex <coughs> constantly. He'll see somebody with a Rolex, and he'll just be like, "Yeah, if I had a Rolex, everything'd be better." <laughs> But of course it's true. No, (laughs) of course course it's true. So this is a funny story. I have this client who um, had, so she gets this notice on her door one day that the historical society in her neighborhood, um, uh, there's a problem. She has this fence on her balcony and um, they have to bring, they're going to have to take this fence down. And she's like, are you kidding? Why I mean, are you taking it down? Oh, because it doesn't fit into the historical... Right. Um, it's a brownstone. Right. It, right? And, and, and there's something... It, it's a miss. It doesn't fit right. And she's like, the but, image. But, 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 that, but that's been there before we bought it. And if we have to take that down, we just lose that balcony space. We lose all this money. And I'm like, just, you, you know somehow you're creating this. She's like, what do you mean? I said, this is a gift. This is such a gift. It's a gift. And I'm telling you, when you get this gift... The lawsuit will be over. She goes, now you're crazy. I go, yep, just a little bit. <laughs> so 
what turns out is this fence, metaphorically, is her fence between hers and her and others. Mm-hmm. She's terrified. Oh, God, if you let the fence down, mm-hmm. I'll be vulnerable. People will see me, and then they'll know who I truly am. I need the fence desperately to protect me from really knowing who I am, because who I am is really pretty crappy. Right? So as we work on this and really sh- begin to show her how truly beautiful she is and that she's safe without her fence, weirdly enough... She goes to the courts and she's got all of her papers and she's, I mean, she's been fighting. And pictures and pictures and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And she goes to the court and she gets, she's got all her papers and she goes and the she, woman looks at her. She goes, oh, oh, that case is close. She goes, <laughs> what? Uh, How come what, nobody told me? What, what do you mean? it? She goes, oh, it's fine. Don't worry. You can keep the fence. She's like, <laughs> what? That's so insane. How did that happen? I'm like, I'm telling you. you once you are, figured it out. Once you figure it out, what? the universe is gifting you with this beauty that's really trying to gift you with your life will change enormously but do you realize as some people might be yeah. thinking my god this is completely wackadoo totally right? I mean, why not try it no, <laughs> why do we have to get nothing to lose <laughs> you have nothing to lose i believe it but, it, but it's the hardest thing to do i know it is. It you really know why is. because at the end of the day the truth be told people don't get how unbelievably beautiful they truly are right everybody walks around the streets no matter where they are no matter what they're putting out on the outside and they just go ugh, me who am i Ugh, i stink and i'm like stink you're the most beautiful magnificent being i've ever seen in my entire universe i mean like the way i see people is like they're glowing with this unbelievable beauty surrounding them at every moment i mean they're so beautiful and they're so unique each one of them and everyone's like yeah but i'm not so and so and you're like who wants to be so and so when they could be you i mean so and so's got the job why do you want that like <laughs> be you you know and the whole journey here is really just to explore that beauty that's within you and we see people do that all the time those are the people that have this incredible true success like true success and happiness and you ask them why and they're like I'm just having a good time <laughs> like life's just good you know I'm just happy like it's just happy I'm not taking it too seriously I'm just happy and you know I you know it's really about having compassion I was getting a coffee before I got here and this person turns to me and they go oh I'm not having a you know they're not really liking their jobs in here oh and so I said well you know it's hard working in the in this, in just, you know, the coffee business, coffee business. I said, you know, most people come in there. All they want, you know, they're on their phones. All they want is their coffee. They don't even notice that there's somebody giving them because you're like, where's my coffee? I got to get my coffee. Right. I'm having a hard day. I gotta, I'm like, they don't recognize there's a person giving them their coffee. They don't realize because they're just like, what are they giving me? And you're like, I don't know, but you have so much inside that you have something to give to them. Okay? Right. And this person was like, oh, I mean, it was just. You know, nobody thinks because About that person, the other. right? Because what <clears throat> that person's really saying is, why are they giving something to me? I don't really have anything. That person behind the coffee place, why aren't they loving me and giving me something? Because I don't really have anything inside. I don't. And I'm like, but you have so much. Why aren't you giving to them? And they're like, I never let's give that, that a try. Yeah, wow, <laughs> I have something, right? And if people really got how much they have to give in this world and to share. I mean, they would just be besides themselves. You know, talking about Molly, um, she gave me a book a long time ago, and it was called, oh, if I can remember, I wish she would call in. Um, <laughs> it was called The Warm, Warm Fuzzies. 
Oh, I love that. And it w- it was fabulous because it was the story was about of this wonderful village that had these little puffs, these little love like love puffs, and they would generously just give them out to each other. Oh my god! And then somebody decided that why should we give these away for free? We'll just keep them to ourselves. And what happened is people got nasty and bitter and unhappy with each other. And then um, somebody came by and made imitation ones, and that didn't work either. And then I think a gypsy or somebody came in and said, why aren't we just giving them out again? Because we got them for nothing. Why don't we just share them? And it was such it was such a great story. It was, and it was about generosity. It yeah. was about finding your truth within yourself as to how to give fully to others and not feel like you have to be greedy or hold on to it. it there's a lot to give. You know, I think, I don't know if you've had the experience, but I'm constantly having funny conversations in the elevator. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, just a moment. It's, you could have a straight face. You can have a um, kind of a unhappy persona when you get into an elevator. But somehow, that if you smile at someone or you make a funny comment about it, it's amazing what happens to the other person. You can see them going from internally focused or self-focused yeah. into, oh, wow, someone's engaging me. There must be something about me that is okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's such a fu- and it's, just, it's such a fun thing to do. I mean, you know, from sitting next to someone in a restaurant to being in an elevator to standing on a corner waiting for the light to change. Yeah, it's life changing. Mm-hmm. It I think really it, is. It's really life changing. Today, we I had this um, beautiful experience where there was this woman, and she had these two kids in in the in the stroller, and you know, at the bottom of the steps. I was like, "Oh, let me help you." She's like, "Oh my god, thank you." Now, we're like lugging these two kids up the stairs, and then someone stopped and was like, "Do some help." And, he was like, oh, I'm just going to help you and just started helping. And then another person came <laughs> and helped too because there were two kids and it was just... It's a lot. Yeah. And you can only... Ima- I mean, that woman was so grateful and it mm-hmm. obviously all these people just stopping and loving her and helping her. I mean, just it's life changing. And then these people, of course, all of us helping, we're like, we feel so good. We're like, oh, I did something today. And it felt... Re- it feels good. It just... And most people don't realize honestly how much they have to give and that's why people don't give enough and it's not because they are greedy it's because they literally do not feel Feel that they have that they have anything Mm -hmm. right i remember one time i was um in bed bath and beyond maybe i get in (laughs) trouble for this one sorry bed bath and beyond but um and i see this woman and i'm pretty sure she's about to steal um some like item laundry term and i'm like Oh, dear. And I'm kind of watching, and I'm watching. She's going to take what? Laundry detergent. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. How sad is that, right? So she puts it. I see she puts it in her jacket, and I I see her walk away, and I just, you know, I I go over her, and I just go, you know, you're better than this. You're so beautiful. You're so amazing. You're just so much better. You do whatever you need to do, but you just need to know that you're so amazing. You're so beautiful. She started crying. 
And I just said, can I hug you? She's like, oh my God, no one, no one has ever said that to me. And I said, but it's true. I said, it doesn't matter what you do today. You're still so amazing. You're still so beautiful. Wow. And you will always be better than this. And if that's all you, you know, like I saw, if that's all she'll know. And I, you know, it doesn't matter if she goes and she <clears throat> steals more. It doesn't matter that something, st- somebody for the first time in her life reminded her of her true beauty. You know, who cares? I don't know. She's still some laundry detergent. Like if she's stealing laundry detergent, she clearly needs it. Needs it clearly. But it's it's about the point that no matter what we've done in our lives, because we've all done something that's not right, quote unquote, whatever. Right. It's about forgiving ourselves and just being like, we're human. You know, people fall down. Let them get back up again. You know, like, let ourselves, you know, really forgiving ourselves for all the things that we did wrong, you know, because it's just about learning, right? He's having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So how is the energy, I mean, how has the energy work affected your singing? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think I... I mean, I've sort of since doing the energy sort of didn't do my singing for a long time, although I just started literally getting back into singing again. And I think... Because I would have thought that the energy work would have reignited you in terms of your singing. I think, um, you know, when I first started the energy work, um, I, I sort of had given up singing. I was um, singing with a band called the 10,000 Maniacs. Um, and... Yeah. <laughs> That's maybe how you know her. No, I don't think so. But maybe... <laughs> um, but I just... That experience just was like, oh, I'm never going to sing again. And I just stopped singing. And then the... And I think that just gave me an opportunity to begin this work. Mm-hmm. Um, it created a space. It created a space I don't think would have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I just recently started singing again because I, I sort of realized like I miss it and mm-hmm. it gives me joy and pleasure. And I think again, when I first started this, I was like, oh, yay, I'm going to like everyone, nobody will ever have any pain ever again. So I realized like, but you know, I can't do everybody in the world. Yeah. And who, what's wrong with a little pain? I mean, <laughs> in the sense of like. At first, when people get on this spiritual journey, oh, they just want to get perfect. How do I? Oh, great. I'm going to get to perfect. <laughs> I mean, everyone wants to get to perfect. And that's... Do they? I oh. don't know. None of my clients. They just want to not deal with, not be in pain. Yeah, but it's not... I, it's it's funny. I have to think about that. I don't know that people think about getting to perfect. Most of the time, it's like, I'm in really a lot of discomfort now. Yeah. I want to feel okay so I can move around with some more freedom. But if they're talking to you about um, other people, Mm -hmm. they're probably talking about their imperfections, right? Sure. Right, exactly. So if they're talking about other people's imperfections, imagine what they say about themselves. Oh, I know. They have a lot of noise. Yeah. So everybody does want to get to perfect because Mm -hmm. there's this crazy idea that if you get to perfect, you get to go to heaven. Oh, you know, right. it's like, sorry. Yeah, it's very <laughs> deep. Uh, doesn't matter what religion you grew right. up in. There's some it's higher a, spirit. It's a deep belief that's within us. Like I got to get to perfect, and then I'm getting there, or otherwise I'm going. You know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the truth is, like you are perfect. 
You fell down. Perfect. Sounds great. What a great <laughs> thing. What do you want to do? Maybe you're going to find a $100 bill on the, when you fell down. I think that's a pretty awesome thing, right? <laughs> or you fell down. Maybe you needed to rest. Why don't you stay there a little bit? You know, there's a, maybe there's something in it that's helping you in some way. Right? So we have to, how you create, um, you may or may not have the answer, but how, how do we create a space for people to be truly present to themselves? Mm. And I guess, I think sometimes it's about getting quiet. Mm, definitely, yeah. It's really about getting quiet. Like I guess, you know, it's like... You started to talk about meditation earlier. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the meditation is is so important. Just it, it, if it's it's not about and so a many formal. People, yeah, so get so stuck in like, hey, meditated, and you need to meditate like this. You have. I'm like, I don't care how you meditate. You can meditate sitting in your bathtub. You can meditate on the subway. You can meditate while you're eating your ice cream. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you know, whatever makes you happy. Like, but just sit and be silent. You know, like. Get let the voices go for just a minute. You know, give them a break. Give them like tell them it's union, <laughs> and they have to have a ten minute break where they go off and get their coffees and they can chat to themselves, but not to you. That's a cute way to put it. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, tell those voices ten minute break. Yeah, ten minute break, people, and just giving yourself that ten minutes gives this flow of just peace and to stop all those crazy. You know, when I first began meditating, it was so crazy i was like oh my god I, I i bought this book maybe five years before and finally i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try, I'm gonna try it now i'm gonna do it so i start and i just was like holy cow like i mean it's like <laughs> i was like and i opened up this book to some you know random page and it goes now that you're crazy i'm like exactly <laughs> i knew it it's the meditation i'm stopping this thing i knew it was making me crazy because clearly i'm crazy because there's a lot of voices they weren't there before <laughs> and what you realize is you didn't all these, track them. All these voices that are causing these uh, moments in our lives are actually there. Mm-hmm. Right? So we go, I don't, I would never say I'm bad at math. That's just so not true. <laughs> and when you quiet the mind, you start to hear, I was like a hundred people talking and going, do you remember that time? You remember that? You're such a big mouth. You'll never do because you're not from this neighborhood. You're from the wrong, you're wrong side of the tracks. You're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too this. You're little, and you're like, yeah, I don't think I'll get up today, right? <laughs> and you're wondering what's going on. Why are things not happening for you? God, if I had that many people, it's and we exhausting. Do, it's exhausting. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to get out of bed. So one thing is just is beginning the meditation, which is literally 10 minutes a day. But stop. It's hard. Yeah, I know. Nobody wants to. I've had a number there. of people talking about meditation. Yeah, and they're like, I'm not going decide. there. All that shit's there. I'm not going to mm, the pain part. No, but it, it's even just the sitting part. I know, because it's I'm uncomfortable now. Right. Can I get my phone? <laughs> <laughs> can I have a cigarette? Uh, can I have a drink while I do it? <laughs> and what happens is like all these crazy voices have created the pain inside of us. And when you stop the voices, what happens is the pain begins to transform and diffuse, right? So you're able to sit with that feeling, and instead of going, oh, my God, I'm doing something wrong. I'm having a feeling. My mother told me not to feel. She told me to stop crying. I should never cry. People should never cry. People are just too emotional. I'm too emotional. I have that feeling again. Where can I get the pill? I got to get that value. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm ADHD. I got my depression pill. I got <laughs> You're like, Whew. 
Yeah. Just, you know what? You're human. And if you don't feel, you're dead. You're a robot. So, right. You're dead. I mean, you know, touch a dead person and weirdly they don't feel. So it's about one, just recognizing that the belief that we all hold, everybody holds this in the entire universe. Everybody on the planet holds this belief. Do not feel. Every baby is told, stop crying. Don't do that. What are you doing? Shut up. Sit down. Don't move. Right? It's crazy. Don't do it. Yeah. Shh, psh, psh, quiet. Psh. No, no. A quiet no. child is a good child. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like a quiet child is a dead child. <laughs> like. So I'm talking to Oscar Silva. Um, Seville. Seville. And the radio uh, station is City World Radio. The call-in number is 212-631-7553. Sorry about the name. Oh, no. You're I, it slipped on my tongue. <laughs> so it's... There's right. a way to transform Form. it. Right. On your own. So when the thought comes up, mm-hmm. I'm too loud, you can change that in that moment. To, I can be softer? No. Why? Or I am... <laughs> did you hear what you said? I did. I'm just... Yeah. I'm, I'm transforming, but I'm just wondering where it would go. I have the right to speak. Say, I have the right to speak. I have the right to express myself. I have the right to be here. I have the right to be this beautiful being I am. Not be softer. <laughs> That's just like, I'm still in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you could talk, but be quiet. No, we, we come in with these incredible vocal cords. Right? And they're to be used. That's why kids are like, oh, cut their tonsils out. <laughs> could you cut their throat while you're in there? <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's like we come here with, everybody has this very unique, voice so to speak right like our like our fingerprint and it's beautiful and as we truly express it beautiful things begin to happen when we try to push that expression down that's when all this pain and anger and resentment comes up and this not living part comes up because in order to live you have to say where you're going even to yourself what if i'm going to the door i'm saying it in my head like I'm going to the door and when you cut off that voice you cut off your life and that's what people end up doing without knowing it but just like I said it's just this thing like you come into the world and they're like shh 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 be quiet be quiet be quiet I'm gonna get hit you know like I'll get hit right and I'll get hurt I'll I'll get get hurt so and with that experience you would not only hear the voice but it would be based on History it would be based on actual experience, and so it gets imprinted. It gets imprinted. And so what you're saying is that you're having to, to transform that imprint into something that you can use in a more positive way, in, yeah. a, in a more productive way. Exactly. Right. So Converting. you can, yeah. Yes. So Conversion. If, yeah. If you're a, a person who was um, told to be quiet all the time, you know, you begin, you just ask yourself a question. Where does that voice be quiet come from? Is that my voice mm-hmm. or did it come from somewhere else? Right. right. And then you begin to, instead of getting angry or parents for telling you, you can, you can change the perspective a little bit and be like, oh, well, they just got it from their parents. You know, nobody was trying to hurt you. Nobody was trying to shut you up. It just literally, people were just like robots going, my mother told me children should be quiet. Right. I got in trouble and I'm only doing this because I don't want people to not like you because I was not liked as a child for being loud. So I want when you go anywhere to be quiet so they like you. You're like, right. how was that person? I don't know. They didn't say much. Did you like them? <laughs> eh, not much to like. it. <laughs> you, know, like, you know who they were? I don't even know who they were. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's such a crazy thing. But they were quiet. 
they were quiet. They were present, but they were quiet. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah. So the more we become in tune with ourselves, the more we can actually transform this pain instead of what we end up doing, and obviously not consciously because nobody wants to create this pain, is we end up recreating the pain over and over again because we walk away from the conversation with not this idea of like, that was such a beautiful conversation. Like, that was so nice. I loved um, what that person had to say. It really touched me or like, wow, it was just really cool. And wow, I said something I really kind of liked in there. But we walk away from the conversation going, oh my God, it was too loud. And that person talked too much. And they weren't listening to me. Weren't they listening to me? And you know, blah, 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 you know <laughs> an incredible, crazy conversation that had nothing to do, do with, with the interaction. Yeah, so they're not really being present right. in the ex- interaction because they're so worried about what's happening. Well, they're self-censoring. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so in the self-censoring, then you would not really be in the conversation. You would be hearing these other things which are coming through in kind of weird ways and then you have to direct them in the right direction. Yeah, it's crazy because you You might come away from a conversation um, and then you said, oh, I know what that person was really thinking. (laughs) I I, I heard what they said. Did you hear what they said? Oh, oh, oh. And you're like, and now that person, if they had recorded the conversation and they listened back, they would have heard that that person never said that. Right. It was something that they took translated into their own language. Yeah. In their own personal language. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time it happened, or I began to be in that awareness, that Mm -hmm. presence, was um, I was at a friend's house, and her husband came home. And I was living in Ireland at the time, and he was just grumpy, a bad mood. And I had my two small little children, and they were like one and three, and they had two kids, and they were all playing. And I, he just came home, and I could sense his anger and his rah, 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 rah. And I went to the crazy place that most people would not think was crazy because the, I would have thought it was totally normal. I would be like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Like, he's in a bad mood. My kids are going to be, they're, you know, they're... Well, you were worried gonna, about... They're going to be in danger. danger. Right. Absolutely. I heard that. Right. So I'm in the... Well, because you came from the place that that level of anger translates into angry aggressive behavior right so and so what i said to myself i just i mean i was literally like oh my god i gotta i gotta get out of here i mean to with the point where i was like i gotta get out of i gotta i gotta move out of ireland i can't take this place anymore hmm. and i was like Woo-hoo, hi 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 where are you how old are you and i'm like i'm four and mm-hmm. i'm like yeah so i'm like you're not four you're a grown woman and you have two children and you can take care of your kids He's just in a bad mood. Your children are safe. You're fine. And if he's grumpy at your children, you'll go over him and say, I know you're having a bad day, but not on my kids. Right. And it probably would never have even happened. He's in a bad mood. Who? I mean, right? But it's hard not to have the visceral reaction. Right. Having had the muscle memory of that right. from growing up. I mean, it, it makes total to, sense. Yeah. So, But in order to be in the moment. In order to be in the moment and change your life, you right. have to. Because what would have happened if I stayed in that crazy place? Eventually, something would have happened. It could have it, very, it could have even been as as slight as he walked by my daughter. Or, so I remember in the conversation, his daughter says, "Oh, did you see Iko's haircut? Isn't it cute?" And he's like, "Why do I care about her haircut?" Oh, right. 
has nothing to do with my daughter. Oh, absolutely. But she doesn't even care because she's like, to her, she's like, I don't need this guy's validation. I don't even know this. I mean, whatever. I'm just, who cares? Right. Right. She's only, whatever, three years old. I mean, she's like, whatever. <laughs> right. We don't Maybe know what the, she took in. Right. We don't know what she, right. Exactly. We don't know what she we took don't know in. What You're she right. Took in. But, but nothing's really happening that's in some ways is so, is so horrible. But in my crazy mind, oh my God, my daughter's in danger. And then I'm like, woohoo, hi. You have to. Yeah. So if I say to my, I could go over to my daughter and be like, listen, guy's in a bad mood. Like, don't even worry. Like, it has nothing to do with you. And what I'm doing in that moment is helping her to say, listen, people are going to be in bad moods. Right. That's just life. Right. But when you empower yourself to separate from the crazy mind, you can create a boundary that says, oh, this person is not in a good place. I'm safe. And they have, they don't make me happy or unhappy. Right. Like, I'm not even here. Like, they're just crazy. Like, you can recognize they're having a crazy moment. I'm going to go over here. And they actually can't see you. They right. actually They're can't. in their own space. Right. When you get into the crazy place and you tap into their, like, that feeling, you're in their energy and you two are added at each other. Mm-hmm. You're both, you're, I'm going at him like, oh my God, you're hurting my child. You're at my child. And now I'm, I'm in that attack mode. He's in the defense attack mode and we're at each other, right? If I'm just like, oh, whatever, he hasn't seen me because I'm not what's called like, I'm not in his vibration. Right. Happy people don't exist. So if I'm happy, he doesn't even know I'm in the room. <laughs> he's only looking for a fight and he's not going to, it's like, it's like muggers. Why do muggers pick certain people? Because there's something about them that they're translating to, right? If I'm well, right? they don't engage. Well, no, they're. I just, mean, if you can't even see you, right? But why do? Why does a robber go to one house and not the other house? Well, one has a lock on it. One doesn't. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but maybe not. My mom used to never lock her door, and one she like never got. <laughs> No. Oh, well, she sent out barbed wire right. well, vibes. She just said, like, no one's going to rob me. I'm totally safe. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, well, she never lost She had some kind of energy around her house. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, we have to wrap up. This is Oscar Seville and myself, Lynn Macker and Mara, run, doing uh, Better Days, A Positive Approach to Life. This has been City World Radio. And it's been an absolute delight to have you, and may all our energy be positive and glorious in the next week's days to come. Good night. night. See you next week.
if you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA health care facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Hi, I'm Janice Ian. Do you remember how excited you were at the start of summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on after a few months and you couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class, too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them. And make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound.